You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, we can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Travis Irvine. Hello, Ben. Hey, Travis. And Fernando. Hi, Ben. Good to see you guys. I want to thank everybody who listened to our last episode with John Kiraku. Kiriaku. Kiriaku. Uh, thank you for the fantastic response about his story. And uh, wow, what a tale it was. You never know the power of the CIA until you're confronted with it. And we definitely learn that when listening to Karyaku's Tale of Woe. Absolutely. And of course, if you want to get in touch with John, he is on Twitter at yeah. John Kiriaku and his book, uh, The Reluctant Spy, is a fantastic. Uh, if you want the, the uh, written version of his heroic story, obviously. Absolutely. All right. Well, a little bit later on in this episode, we're going to get into this explosive story. Ooh, explosive. Mm. About the CIA and Julian Assange. Yeah. Donald Trump and many people in <laughs> Trump Nation, they proclaimed to love WikiLeaks, to love uh. Julian Assange. <laughs> I love WikiLeaks. There you go, Donnie. But as we're finding out, perhaps the rhetoric didn't match the policy. The CIA... Much like that Warren Zevon song, wanted Julian dead. Oof. However, of course, Mr. Assange still is alive. Wonder how that's going for him. <laughs> Probably not great. We'll also tell the story of a man who uh, spent many years in Guantanamo Bay for a no crime, for he did nothing, and they didn't charge him with anything. And he was there for, I believe, 14 years. Yep. So wow. We will discuss that as well. But before we get to that, many people look at Elon Musk. Oh. And they say, Elon, Elon, <laughs> we love what you're doing. Let's go to Mars. Okay. <laughs> Turns out SpaceX may have very little to do with going to Mars and more to do with delivering weapons for the United States military. Space Force Yay! and SpaceX have joined forces in an unholy duo of perhaps <laughs> mass destruction, or at the very least, potential mass destruction. This story, another great reminder of the corporate overlords and the mm -hmm. United States government mm -hmm. joining forces in order to control the world. And in this case, space, as we <laughs> talked about before on the last episode or the episode before that, that is the sign of true fascism when the large corporate overlords and governments mm -hmm. intertwine exactly. one another. They get stuck in a human Santa butt and <laughs> they are now fully capable of doing things Ronald Reagan once only dreamed of. Of Ooh. course, don't forget Ronald Reagan I... was the one who was so desperate to have a Star War-like scenario. Uh, he uh, even, I believe, attempted to implement a laser uh, yes. which was uh, never able to come to fruition. No, it was another fun, big, expensive defense project that never went anywhere yeah. while Ronald Reagan wandered around the White House wondering, where are my jelly beans? That's like an anime <laughs> villain. Death beam! Death it beam. really is. Oh, yeah. It's like, Pinky uh, in the brain. Right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, unlike anime, there's a lot of freaking money when it comes to war, specifically when it comes to the new love affair between SpaceX and the Space Force. The U.S. military and SpaceX have teamed up to build a rocket capable of transporting weapon systems anywhere in the world within dot, 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 an hour. What? Ooh, Uber Eats for nuclear warheads. Yeah, Domino's Pizza for <laughs> weapons. If it uh, is delivered just after an hour, it's free. Oh, fun. Yeah. It's promise. <laughs> Isn't that nice? The Noid will deliver it for you. <laughs> no, not the Noid. Just when you thought the Noid was annoying, now he has nuclear capability. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So the goal is to drastically reduce payload delivery time over existing military transport aircraft while maintaining storage capacity. They're going to be using a Falcon 9 and the Falcon's heavy reusable rocket technology, of course, being one of SpaceX's landmark achievements that we saw mm -hmm. uh, over the past recent years. Mm -hmm. Incredible, right? right? It was amazing. Like the yes. fact they can launch a rocket into space and the rocket's like, and when I come home, I know exactly where I'm going to go. Right here in the middle of the ocean on this weird little platform. <laughs> it's incredible. Well, they used to end up in the ocean exactly. like just trash. So this is a huge improvement. Yes. Okay. Total yes. improvement. <laughs> and then... Just like clockwork, <laughs> oh. much like with the drone, which was started mm -hmm. off by a farmer who just wanted to make sure his crops were growing okay, the U.S. military gets its fingers in it, and next thing you know, it's weaponized. Ooh. So now we have a situation where SpaceX will receive $160 million. This is from the Pentagon. These are two Pentagon contracts, again, worth nearly $160 million to launch missions with its Falcon 9 rocket. So again, when we talk about the small amount of revelations we occasionally get about the budget from the Pentagon, every time we hear where they're spending money, it's never on universal health care right. <laughs> it's never on, you know it's never taking on, care of our soldiers never on that it's never on you know education it's never on uh, head programs like head start or figuring mm -hmm. out what to do with the immigrant refugee crisis on the southern border it is always based in military tech and it's always based in at the end of the day, intelligence spending. And that's exactly what we're seeing here once again as SpaceX has joined forces with, again, the U.S. government under the Space Force program. The Department of Defense also awarded the United Launch Alliance two contracts, and that was for $224 million. These are all expected to uh, take place by the end of 2023. So Elon... It's been a tough time for him because he's going through a divorce with right. Grimes. Well, Grimes. <laughs> it's a tough Grimes for him. It is. But I guess this makes him feel a little bit better. I, I don't know. If you're Elon Musk, I guess his desire to become Tony Stark... Oh, has officially oh. begun. You know, I I've, because I've, this is the Iron Man moment for Elon Musk as Tony Stark. Sure, he may have saved a few lives, but he's probably definitely killed more than he's saved. <laughs> I've definitely told Henry in secret that I believe he's the jetpack guy. You know, in the LA, sure. at the LA airport, I think it's Elon Musk or one of his cronies. But I, I don't understand why they didn't paint this in a better light. Why didn't you say you were going to deliver aid to hurricane or earthquake stricken countries oh, in sure. an hour? No, 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 why no. don't you, you know, spin it a little yeah. bit? No, Nothing, no. It reminds me of the Bill Hicks bit about, uh, you know, they were showing all the technology that they had in 1990, 1991 for the first Gulf War. And they were like, look, we can deliver a bomb through a, an air shaft through a building and kill a bunch of people. And then Yay. Bill was like, oh, why don't we just... Uh, use that same technology to deliver a banana to a hungry guy. Right. <laughs> right. Of course, Bill Hicks did nail a lot of things specifically when it comes down to the marketing dollar and uh, how the uh, how capitalism, yeah, crony corrupt capitalism that we live in uh, greases the wheels. And that is why it'll be around for the foreseeable future. So interestingly enough, when it comes to the United Launch Alliance, uh, they are in a joint venture between... Boeing and Lockheed Martin. Mm. Oh, fun. So another Boeing and Lockheed Martin wow, contract. Another one. Uh, they will also provide, this is a quote, this is the name of the rocket. You can't even make up the name of this rocket. <laughs> if the onion printed the name of this rocket, you would say onion. I think you've gone a little too far. <laughs> 
The name of the rocket that, is, again, is created by Boeing and Lockheed Martin uh, through this contract for the United Launch Alliance is called the Vulcan Centaur. What? It's the Vulcan Centaur rocket, which, again, proves my point. There's no one more dangerous in this world than nerds. Uh, <laughs> Aren't they the scariest? This is literally a reference to Star Trek and someone who is half horse, half man. Honestly. That is unbelievable that this level of... I'm just going to say innocence, uh -huh. as far as terms go, <laughs> sure. is talking about a weapon system that will lead to mass devastation uh, as the space Cold War uh, now heats up. Ooh. You guys know about uh, Skynet that he's building, right? The Starlink satellites. Uh, exactly. Elon, you know, so it's just, this guy's just... This guy's in it. He's in, in, in every. His, he's got his hands in every single tendril that is the future of technology. But wow. it also proves when people like Zuckerberg or when people like Elon Musk are called in to testify in front of the mm -hmm. House or the yes. Senate. Yes. That's all theatrical mm -hmm. bullshit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As we found out with John Brennan and uh, other former members of the CIA who don't want Facebook broken up. Right. As we talked right. about Leon with John Kiraku, Leon Panetta, as we talked about with uh, John Kiraku, they are benefiting so much off of the data that Facebook is mining as people freely give it air quotes freely because nothing is free and they're taking your source energy. <laughs> <laughs> But as these intelligence agencies now intertwine themselves with big tech, that is a dangerous scenario that we are seeing play out right in front of our eyes. We're going to talk about this a little bit on next episode. But when it comes to folks who are working from home, for example, mm -hmm. now their bosses were and, and uh, Fernando also mentioned. And again, we'll get into this more next episode. But students, the way that they're monitoring students eyes to make mm -hmm. sure they're not cheating on tests as they take these tests, right. you know, um, digitally, uh, whether they're at home or a library or something. The surveillance state mm -hmm. has never been stronger. Ooh. And this is making the Terminator Skynet company absolutely jealous because <laughs> I don't think they could have ever fantasized about doing anything like SpaceX is doing right now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, Skynet was just trying to kill people. SpaceX is doing this and saving money because according to some articles, the original way they used to get weapons over to other countries uh, would take over 15 hours and it costs over $218 million. Mm -hmm. So there's savings here, Ben. Of course right. they're going to... Oh, great. Finally, they're saving our taxpayer dollars. Fiscally <laughs> conservative. Them. They're fiscally conservative on this one thing. So in July... 40% of the contracts went to SpaceX. Again, these are um, the Space Force contracts. I guess sure. they allocated funds to Space Force within the Pentagon. Yes. They must have allocated funds. So 40% of those funds went to SpaceX, and the other 60% went to the aforementioned ULA. So these two companies yeah. have a lockdown, and now a relationship, a lockdown on funds, from the Pentagon and a relationship now with the strongest military in the history of the world. And I don't think anyone should feel particularly comfortable about it. No, it's like you said, this is just a glimpse into the budget that just we, a smallest the glimpse. Citizens, because because how many, what did they say? How it's, much money it's been is decades since the Pentagon has been independently audited? That's why we talked about a few weeks ago, Bernie Sanders and Mike Lee, a Republican and a well, progressive independent, I guess mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they were trying to come together to just audit the Pentagon as we know it, but this is it. This is what we get a little glimpse here and there. And this is largely a department that they would call R and D research and development. And, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of, again, kind of the tragedy of the Pentagon. You kind of just shove it in there and then you're just giving out contracts willy nilly. And do we have any indication of what the Pentagon budget is? Is, is there well, $740 billion with a B that's and, with a B Ben. And that was just this year. That's just, so this they've year. had 700 plus billion over the past years. Uh, yes. So, I, I don't know how much money they have, but it seems like they would have plenty. <laughs> so much. Anyway, so the Pentagon is also allowing SpaceX to send a national security satellite into orbit. Now, they're going to be using this. Uh, they're going to be creating this, uh, rather, with reused rockets for the first time. So SpaceX is set to launch the GPS-3 SV-05 satellite. That'll be this Thursday. Hey. Uh, they will be using, again, the Falcon 9 rocket booster. And, of course, mm. that launched the last GPS-3 SV-04 satellite <laughs> this past November. Space Force last year modified the contracts for SpaceX's next two GPS-3 satellite launches to allow for reuse 
a move that the military, again, as Fernando said, uh, should save around $64 million, <laughs> which I think is like eight haircuts from General Milley. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know how much $64 million, I don't know how far that goes yeah, no, in the United States right, military, right. but that's what they're saving. So so thank you. That is Thanks, the, SpaceX. That, that is just the funniest, like... Your civil liberties have never been more threatened. We can look at your asshole from space, but we're saving $64 million. All right. So you think about that, and how great is that, guys? Good grief. And what's that satellite called again? This satellite is the GPS-3 SV-05. My God, so Elon named it after his baby. Oh, isn't that <laughs> nice? So this is according to Dr. Walter Lauderdale. Uh, he is the Deputy Mission Director of the U.S. Space Force's Space and Missile Systems Center. And again, everyone who laughed at Space Force, I knew as soon as it mm -hmm, happened, it mm -hmm. was not a laughing no, matter. No, not laughing matter at despite all. Despite the fact, yeah, it's a straight ripoff of Star Trek. And despite the <laughs> fact Donald Trump introduced it like a like a child trying right. to explain why his father wasn't there <laughs> for, for Father-Son Day. Right. But it isn't going to be perhaps the most secretive and powerful mm -hmm. wing of the United States military within time. Oh, yeah. I mean, we just talked about it with Reagan's old uh, uh, Star Wars program. Absolutely. It's just a nice... And they laughed at him. They sure right. did. They did. And and same with Trump when that got rolled out, but it's just a nice big old money pit now. And, Absolutely. and it can be very ambiguous how the money goes in and what it's spent on. Absolutely. Audit the Pentagon. Again, according to Dr. Walter Lauderdale, as I mentioned, Deputy Mission Director of the U.S. Space Force uh, Missile System. He says, in preparation for the first time event, we've worked closely with SpaceX to understand the refurbishment process and are confident that this rocket is ready for its next flight. Uh, the Pentagon again awarded uh, SpaceX with five of the six GPS-3 satellite launch contracts. Uh, all of the rocket building that will go on is a joint venture with Boeing and Lockheed Martin. Uh, the total of the contracts of these five uh, launch contracts, again, between United Launch Alliance and SpaceX is a total of $469.8 million. But again, they're saving $64 million. <laughs> there will now be 31 GPS satellites currently orbiting the Earth. So uh, wow. that is an interesting situation that we find ourselves yeah. In as we look at Elon Musk and maybe he's funny on Saturday Night Live mm. and he's so good on Colbert. He's so good on Colbert when he so, goes on Colbert and so Fallon. Mm -hmm. But this man is now making a bedfellow with a very nefarious, nefarious buddy. And that friend is the United States military industrial complex. This changes everything as far as I'm concerned. I used to really respect Elon Musk when it comes to being an inventor and mm -hmm. right. someone he who, didn't invent anything he didn't invent anyone he's he's he much hired more like, inventors he's much like Stanley yes, in that way exactly. where he takes yeah. a lot of credit <laughs> yes. and a lot of people yeah. work and don't get yeah. recognition but he is the face right and yeah. the idea of I don't know I guess he kind of made science cool <laughs> a little bit <laughs> but this to me changes everything because now he and uh, the ULA are no longer independent entities. They're no longer independent companies that theoretically have the goodwill of others in mind mm -hmm. to give food to people who are starving, whatever it might be. Now they are officially part of a weapons program. Yeah. And uh, the blood that will no doubt be on these corporations' uh, doorstep, it's, it's going to be a freaking flood, bro. Yeah, like we pointed out. Fascism should just be called corporatism because it's a merger of corporate and state power. Mussolini said that. He was a fascist. He would know. He would know. This is a, a terrifying step in a weird direction. I mean, just the fact that Elon Musk has even gotten to this point. It is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So Dr. Lauderdale also says, we continue to work with SpaceX and looking ahead to the SV-06 mission. That'll be next year. We'll be working with them as to what boosters are available. And they go on, we are certainly open to using other boosters, not just the ones that have flown for the Space Force. Uh, this move marks another step forward when it comes to the U.S. military firmly embracing SpaceX. Again, something that was laughed at, scoffed at. Mm -hmm. It didn't go anywhere. And if you look at the Biden administration, in some ways, he should be thanking Donnie mm -hmm. because he did a lot of the dirty work. And as we learned from Karaku, what do you do 
let somebody else do the dirty work for you. Yeah. So Trump got his orange Cheeto fingers all up in there, create a space force. (laughs) Theoretically, if Biden didn't want it, he could get rid of it. We have to infer that he likes it. We need it, though. Those meteors are coming, Ben. We got to spend billions and billions of dollars. (laughs) The meteors are coming. Meteors are coming. Finally, some good news. (laughs) Yep. Again, uh, Dr. Lauderdale says, taken as a whole, our disciplined approach is part of an uncompromising dedication to mission success. Executed one launch at a time. (laughs) (sighs) So there you go. Just uh, look up to the skies. You'll see What's up there? I, I wish... I wish. I wish. It was freaking aliens. If you look up, it's going to be a Starlink satellite, just so you know. I wish our government <laughs> was investing more in lunches, not launches. You know what, buddy? As corny as that sentence was. <laughs> Feel free to use that, Hillary Clinton. You make a good point. Pokemon, go to go the to polls. The <laughs> you might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated. All right. Well, let's move on a little bit and talk about Julian Assange. It's tangentially tied to the military-industrial complex. We'll talk CIA here. There was a plot to kidnap and kill Julian Assange. Of course, Julian Assange is living a life worse than hell. He's in a, uh, I believe, a black site in England. I think it's in London. In London. So he's probably having his toenails ripped out, his teeth, you know, torn out of his mouth. And worst case scenario, they're not letting him watch Mr. Bean, uh, which is one of the funniest (laughs) uh, sitcoms Mm -hmm. in the history of the world. He is a cartoonish character. Of course, I'm referring to Rowan Atkinson, one of the greatest of all time. The CIA went up to the Trump administration and they got together. You can imagine the smell in that room, just the amount of old milk. And they said, (laughs) let's kidnap and assassinate WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. Uh, That was one explosive finding in a new expose. Now, take it with a grain of salt, but this is from Yahoo News. Well, it's Michael Isikoff. It's Michael Isikoff, so you can, he's he's reputable. He's on the level. He is on the level, and it details how the CIA considered abducting and possibly murdering Assange while he took refuge, of course, at the Ecuadorian embassy. Uh, This was going to happen around 2018, 2019. More than 30 former officials say that CIA Director Mike Pompeo was extremely motivated to get rid of Julian Assange and WikiLeaks because, of course, WikiLeaks, they never lied. Maybe by omission, when Julian was forced to sort of kowtow to the Russian government or Mm -hmm. the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. But the CIA got CIA'd by WikiLeaks. Yeah, basically. And that's the thing they hate the most. Yes, yes. They got out CIA'd by WikiLeaks. By a by a blonde-haired Swedish man who probably has done nefarious things. He's Australian. Things. He's Australian. Australian. Whatever. Yes. <laughs> of course. Um, no, this is absolutely explosive. I mean, obviously, um, we're, we're going to kind of dive more into it. But but I want you to really, because we were talking about this last night, and I thought your um, equivocation between the Saudis killing mm-hmm. uh, Khashoggi yes. and this, I thought that that was really on the level because if if you look at what did Julian Assange do wrong? He's a publisher. All he did, right. He's a publisher, yes. and he just disseminated information that powers that be didn't want disseminated. Exactly. In the same way, John Kiriakou never actually committed any crimes. Remember, mm-hmm. the Bush administration investigated his leak to ABC. Oh, yeah. Found that Investigate it was, that leak. It was, you know, completely legal, you know. And then John Brennan and had then, a, a stick up his ass. Yes. And, John you know. Brennan came in with the Obama administration and said, let's hit these whistleblowers with the Espionage Act. And he said, it doesn't matter if they did it or not. We just want to destroy them and send a message. Yeah. Um, and that is uh, very, very similar to what they were going to 
to do to Assange. Again, Assange and WikiLeaks, they've never published anything false. Like you said, maybe omit some things that they yes. have obtained. Sure. Um, but nothing they've ever published has ever been proven to be false. They have a 100% accuracy rate. But Julian Assange, you know, when he did this, he put a big target on his back. Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. But this is a new level of target. This is CIA actively planning and plotting to kidnap and assassinate a foreign journalist mm -hmm. who, um, or more or less, is just, again, a publisher. And right. that should be frightening for any journalist, anyone who cares about freedom of the press in the United States. Absolutely. Publicly, to me, this seems like it's very hypocritical because I remember seeing, um, you know, Tucker Carlson talking about sure. let's uh, pardon uh, Trump should pardon, pardon Cow and should pardon Assange. Right. So on, in the public, you know, on Fox News, they're saying, oh, we right. these people are Americans. They, you know, we want to forgive them. They're, they're doing good American work. But in the back end, they're like, let's get rid of these. Yeah. And, and like we said, Trump publicly said, I love WikiLeaks. Mm -hmm. yep. And then to have then this he changed his diaper. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. Yeah. But that does go to show you with WikiLeaks and with the binary nature of American politics, when it's good for you, it's good for you. And when it's not, it's mm. not. And as soon as Trump was elected, he didn't need it anymore. That's a good point. And then as soon as you're not needed. That's when the death threats really start, and that's when it gets scary. And progressives are in the same boat. Remember, uh, WikiLeaks was hailed for all the, the revelations they did during the Bush administration. Yep. And then as mm. the Obama administration wore on, and then when 2016 came, oh, man, I got Democrat friends who are very happy that uh, Julian Assange was taken out of the embassy and put in prison. And they're yeah. probably happy to hear this because that's how much they don't like him for what WikiLeaks but did again, to Hillary Clinton in 2016. Even when we go back to our Ken Burns interview talking about Muhammad Ali, the CIA was watching him like a freaking hawk. Mm -hmm. Sure, exactly. FBI You look too. at MLK, you look at... Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, you look at uh, uh, Robert Kennedy, you know, you look at these people, you look at the most recent president of Haiti who was assassinated. Right. You look at you by look, people who are trained by the CIA. You look at the power that the CIA has to eliminate air quotes threats right. or adversaries. And this is just another reminder how unbelievably unchecked their power has become. Yes. And that was never the intent. The CIA was never supposed to be. In the business of international politics, in the sense that it props up certain leaders, takes out other leaders, because as we see time and time again, whether it be Saddam Hussein, whether it be Gaddafi, uh, whether it be the uh, puppet government that, that the uh, Obama administration put in place in Haiti in 2011, right. it never works out. Right. But then qui bono, who benefits? Mm -hmm. Lockheed Martin and Boeing. And now SpaceX and ULA. According to Michael Isakoff, uh, this was uh, what WikiLeaks did was, quote, the largest data loss in CIA history. Again, he they just got butthurt. Uh, this is what he had to say <laughs> regarding the abduction plan. Uh, Michael Isakoff says this was one of the most contentious intelligence debates of the entire Trump era. Yeah. And what's fascinating, again, when it comes to corporate media and another reason not to uh, listen to it. By the way, Rachel Maddow is being replaced by a George Bush lackey. I don't. I can't even remember her freaking name. Uh, uh, Nicole Wallace. Nicole Wallace. Yeah, she was uh, in the communications department for the Bush Cheney White House. This woman lied to the American people for eight years. So now she's, she has a show on MSNBC. MSNBC. So everything she says is a lie. You can't trust anything <laughs> that those folks say because evidently, when she's out there interviewing James Comey, which we saw her in, interview James Comey at Politicon a couple of years back, talking about the P tape. Meanwhile, James Comey literally just had an FBI investigation opened up into his handling of the 2015 2016 election. Oof. They didn't mention one time no. this. Yeah. You know, when it comes to if this was the most contentious argument within the Trump administration, it was 25 hours a day. They yeah. added an hour. Yeah. When it comes to Trump coverage and somehow CNN, Fox and MSNBC, they weren't able to discuss the uh, evidently most contentious issue within the Trump administration and its intelligence. Right. No, this is I mean, this is such a huge story. I mean, it's just the CIA has the the unchecked power, like you said, to just assassinate whoever they want. I mean, again, show me a difference between that and the Saudis killing Jamal Khashoggi. Every journalist in this country and around the world should be terrified right Absolutely. Now. And of course, when Khashoggi was killed, everyone in America, everyone in the oh, elite in America was... feigns, I can't oh. believe the Saudis oh. would do that. Well, 17 of the 19 hijackers are Saudis and they're still doing just freaking fine. Right. So the idea that somehow they're against harming people who might be trying to expose the truth. Well, that is a fallacy. Well, speaking of the truth, 
we have to give some credit to Democracy Now. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Amy Goodman. Been, uh, Amy Goodman. I saw her on the street once, and I think oh. I scared the living shit out of her. I was like, I love your work, ma'am. And she was like, sir, you are huge. Can you get away from me, please? I'm, <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to scream like a fangirl when I see her. I, yeah, <laughs> I saw her at the, the RNC in Cleveland in 2016. I was like, oh, God, thank you. Thank you, you know, so much. <laughs> and when I say that, I don't. you don't have to agree with every single story or slant that, mm-hmm. a, uh, that an entity has. It's but not when, about that. It's it, about who she is. Exactly. And if you look at Democracy Now!, they're the it's been a net positive oh yeah i wish that msnbc was exited off and it was just democracy now oh hell because yeah. that's actually somewhat of a true sense of as travis always references freedom-loving libertarians and freedom-loving independents and freedom-loving liberals yes because they really get all of that stuff in there and they're one of the few people who talk about things like the war crimes that occurred and are still are occurring uh, over these past 20 years. Mansour Adafi, uh, he was traveling. He was 18 years old at the time. He was traveling in Afghanistan. He was kidnapped and sold to the CIA by Afghan warlords. Yeah, you heard that right. He was kidnapped by Afghan warlords and then sold to the CIA. The CIA said, quote, he was a suspicious person. Uh, He became detainee number 441, and he was there in Guantanamo Bay, again, charged with nothing, has never been accused of anything other than being brown in the wrong spot. Mm -hmm. He was there for 14 years. He was released finally in 2016, and he tells his story in a new book called Don't Forget Us Here, which I think is one of the things that um, anxiety in prison can never be underestimated and overstated. I feel like that's one of the things where it's like, I'm forgotten. Nobody knows I'm here. I'm in the middle of fucking Cuba. Mm, Right. And I'm in a black site that people hear Guantanamo. But don't forget, Obama pledged to get rid of it. He signed an executive order. It's still there. It's still there. It was a big campaign promise for Obama in 2008. And another one of those campaign promises that did not come to fruition because the military industrial complex and the intelligence uh, complex have other plans. Yes. And those plans tend to be the ones that get executed. So in uh, in 2009, that's when Obama signed the executive order. 12 years later, it remains completely open. There are now 39 detainees there. And Mansoor Adolfi, his story, uh, if you listen to it on uh, Democracy Now!, I mean, he had everything taken from him, completely stripped from him. And there's no ramifications. There's no justice for him. Right. They're just, they kick you out and they say, all right, thanks for the 14 years. And why would the Afghan warlords or why would the CIA, they're buying slaves Yeah. uh, from Afghan warlords? I mean, this stuff is so freaking disgusting just to have him rot away in Guantanamo Bay. So maybe you can elevate the numbers so these again, military masterminds can pretend as if they're actually doing something to uh, eliminate the war on terror or eliminate terrorists in the so-called war on terror? Right. I mean, again, like we talked about with John, they took away his freedom for about two years, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, On on a a completely bunk espionage charge. And now this gentleman, 14 years, 14 years, never actually committed of a crime. I mean, Guantanamo has been nothing but those kind of stories, as yes. far as I'm concerned. I mean, the, the terrorists who they think they have who have actually committed crimes, they're being held in federal prisons in New York City. Right. But Guantanamo has just been guys like this. And yes, absolutely forgotten. Forgotten about. I mean, I have that, my small experience with being incarcerated, the 25 hours I spent in the tombs in New York, <sighs> because I did help someone through a turnstile. And I did technically drink on the stoop, which led to my $25 fine that mm-hmm. I didn't pay, which then led to my bench warrant. So theoretically, I was actually guilty, even though I think it was a bit of an extreme position to have <laughs> yes. to go to jail for it. But you sit down there And even in my small experience, you start thinking, what if there's a fire? What if there's another attack? And I'm just down here. What? Like You just start freaking out. Yeah. So imagine 14 years of that, (sighs) probably going through some of the same tortures John Kiraku told us about, where your arms are above you uh, in a cross formation as they shower you with water and make you cold as ice for X amount of hours on end, loud music, whatever it might be, waterboarding. I'll never forget, I was doing Kennedy, and I've told this story before, but I was doing Kennedy's show on Fox Business, and there was a general there, and I don't remember his freaking name, but I'll never forget this piece of shit lying to me, man. We're in the green room, and he was like, uh, yeah, waterboarding's horrible. Like, he literally went into great detail, because they have to get waterboarded for training. Right. So he had had experienced it, 
And he's like, it's definitely torture. He said those words to me. He goes on the show. He's on Kennedy stage. I'm watching it in the green room. And he's like, it's no different than drinking water through your nose. He just totally lied. He's like, it's not torture. It's fine. And none of the information that you get through torture is relevant. It can't, by definition, be relevant. I'll say freaking anything if you take away my ham steak. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let alone if you start taking my nails yeah. out of my freaking fingers. Yeah. Well, you know, this all makes me think of something our friend Sina Ghaznavi from Fraudsters, Fraudsters. here in LPN uh, has said similarly about the judicial system in our mm-hmm. country. The plumbing is fine, but it's the plumbers, right? Yes. Like if John Kiriakou was in charge of the CIA, they would not be doing things like this. You wouldn't right. have John Brennan coming in with the Espionage Act. You wouldn't have plots to kill journalists. You wouldn't have people thrown in a secret prison for 14 years um it's it's the plumbers um the cia does exist for certain uses if we have foreign enemies domestic enemies who are actually trying to plan harm but so often you know similar to the department of defense is actually on offense quite a bit the cia seems to be this weird ss military wing uh, of the executive branch and even if you're on the side of, you know, conservatives or you're trying to say, oh, this is for the, the safety of the country. This guy, what a waste of money. 14 right. years? Yeah. Well, for what? Exactly. You know, for what? It's it's a just even putting the human element aside. This was a complete logistic failure. Yeah. And that's I remember what Obama used to talk about in 2008 as well. He's like one time it's just it's a money pit again. Mm-hmm. It's, it's weird how war continues to just make money pits and yeah. then light it on fire. And again, when we talk about the power and the influence of the intelligence state, it's not just about you know military. It's also about everyday quality of life issues in places all over this world. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about what went on in Haiti. So in 2011, right. bit of an old story, but let's remember that's when Obama put in place the puppet government, uh, the puppet president who ended up resigning in 2016, leading to mass chaos. The CIA was actively trying to keep the minimum wage in Haiti down. And I believe the minimum wage was 50 cents an hour. Yeah, it's not much. Right now, the minimum wage is about $5.07. That's that, So that's greatly improved, but it is four times less than the estimated living uh, cost of living. And this is all because the U.S. has, again, wanted to find ways to utilize slave labor. Right, mm-hmm. and keep Haiti poor and keep the nation struggling. I mean, it's it's the history of that poor nation. Ever since they got their independence, I believe in the 1790s, all other imperialist governments have turned their back on the entire nation of Haiti. Do you know to, what they call their money in uh, in Haiti? Uh, trash? Gourds. Hey. Hey. And, then was, and to throw it back to the corporatism thing, I think one of the biggest reasons was Levi was what the company itself that was trying mm. to keep the minimum wage down in Haiti. Why? Because they made, you know, they mm. make a lot of textiles there. So it's, again, the CIA is working for a company yeah. to manipulate a, a, another country. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that kind of goes to the deep cut of the creation of the CIA. You know, uh, the Dulles brothers, right? John Foster Dulles and his brother Alan Dulles. Alan was head of the CIA. John Foster was secretary of state. And what ended up happening was the CIA ended up going into other countries throughout the 1950s in the names of corporate interests, Mm. right? Uh, The United Fruit Company was one of the big ones Mm, in Central America. So, you know, uh, there's a great book on the CIA, The History of Ashes. And it's not just about spy lie, make people die, but it's very much about economic interest for corporations. And that's sort of like uh, when you get out of the CIA, that's when you start making money. Uh, yeah, like baby. Mike Baker, who I know, I believe he's been on the show. He has been on the show, but he has an intelligence uh, company right. that he then, you know, gets financed theoretically and, through the government. And Leon Panetta becoming a lobbyist for Facebook. Exactly. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. 
Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. This is according to Joyelle Molina, the Solidarity Center Regional Program Director for the Americas. This is, again, regarding the minimum wage of Haiti, which has to be addressed. The root issues have to be addressed if we're going to discuss why we have a crisis on our southern border. He says, any substantive conversation or discussion on democracy in Haiti needs to address the issue of a living wage for the Haitian worker. When workers earn enough to meet their basic needs, they can stop focusing on daily survival and shift their energy towards participating in civic spaces to better their communities and to enhance their democracy. So you have a feeling that the U.S. does not have a vested interest in the people of Haiti having a vested interest in their government. Right. Yes, it's a very good point, Ben. And let's talk a little bit about what's going on with Texas because they saw those cowboys whipping them immigrants, Mm. whipping them Haitians, and they're like, my friend, you are just the kind of person we want. But (laughs) before we get to that again, going back to 2011, so it's a little bit outdated, but the nation actually published WikiLeaks cables, and that was where it was revealed uh, that Washington was putting pressure on Haiti's government not to raise the national minimum wage to 61 cents an hour. Wow. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, The story was later pulled and then uh, everyone had to apologize. The Columbia Journalism Review actually wrote up a summary of the nation's piece recounting how American clothing makers with factories in Haiti were displeased after the government raised the minimum wage Mm -hmm. more than two and a half times the previous minimum wage which was 24 cents an hour. Good they're, grief. They're cutting into our jort profit. <laughs> Unbelievable. So when we talk about, you know, the original sin of America being slavery, we just exported it. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. many other nations did too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the U.S. It's these massive corporate overlords just trying to make a buck. Right. And uh, they want, in order to do that, they want to make sure that people who make the clothes get far less than a buck. Per hour. And I think the point is so great, and we can bring this back to America when it comes to if you keep them poor and you keep them working paycheck to paycheck and you make them so freaking stressed out every damn day Mm -hmm. as they struggle to make ends meet, they don't have time to freaking worry about the recall of Governor Gavin Newsom. They don't have time to worry about all of these other perhaps complex issues. I mean, I know someone very close to me who didn't know who Nancy Pelosi was, and I was I was shook right. because that happens. People don't know these things, right. and that is why the politicians stay in power. CIA knows that to such a degree where they uh, – and they get to play in Haiti. They don't get the same right. power here. I mean, granted, we're not really raising the minimum wage. I mean, we probably need to do that as well. Definitely. But they get to really have power, like the evangelical Christians in Africa who actually get to burn gays like they really want to. And the CIA really, with corporate interests in mind, really get to play in places like Haiti and make sure that those people are working for slave labor costs. Yeah. Well, and it's a very good point that you made about, I mean, these are America's chickens coming home to roost, right? I mean, 20 years in Afghanistan. Now we're going to be dealing with that. Mm Mm-hmm. So many decades Fucking in Haiti, yep. but just uh, 10 years ago. Now we got to deal with that. Why do we have a crisis on our southern border of Haitian refugees? Well, look 10 years ago and you'll see why. Because of our own policies. And then as we saw, the treatment of these people is uh, is just absolutely horrible. This is, well, the, the, before we go, this sure, is done sure. corp, in very corporate structure. This is yes. done sequentially. They're working out the kinks. They go over there. They, they try it on a smaller a smaller uh, sample size. They try it on a smaller country, work out all the kinks, and they bring it home. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, bring it home to roost. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So Texas Governor Greg Abbott, he has promised to hire b- Border Patrol agents on horseback who received uh, just a little bit of backlash For whipping migrants. (laughs) Backlash for backlash. Yeah, backlash for backlash. The comments came on uh, Fox News' Sunday program with Chris Wallace, which I actually kind of like that show. Um, He says that uh, President Joe Biden said that border agents are going to, quote, pay, which, again, is uh, nothing more than political uh, double talk. But because of that, uh, Governor Abbott has said, don't worry. 
they won't be paying long because we will give them jobs right here in Texas. (laughs) KTSM was in Del Rio this week and investigated, that's a local uh, network, uh, and investigated the incident. Well, in Del Rio, sixth-generation rancher Care Wardlaw explained how Border Patrol agents use split reins, not whips, to control the horses. Mm -hmm. Wardlaw said the interaction uh, between the agent and the migrant happened only after the migrant grabbed the horse by the bit and then tried to gain control. And then he goes on to say, in addition, the photographer took the pictures, told KTSM that neither he nor his team saw any migrants being whipped. So that's according to some people talking about uh, the reasons why certain officers were acting the way they did on the border. But as I have said multiple times before, believe your eyes when you see certain things and even the excuses that are made for bad Mm -hmm. behavior Mm -hmm. by people who just don't want to care is what's so sickening. It doesn't matter if things like it's not a death sentence. The boy who, you know, drove away and was shot by the officer who thought she grabbed her taser. Yeah, you shouldn't drive away, but it's not a death sentence. Right. George Floyd cashing a $20 check that isn't real isn't a death sentence. You know, the list goes on and on and on. So the reaction of these officers, yeah, it's a job. It's the same thing that we saw in Minneapolis. I firmly believe the escalating force in the vast majority of public conflicts with officers is the enforcement escalating the violence. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because that's what mm-hmm. we see time and time again. And to keep harping on it, when Trump went to go hold the Bible all wrong outside of St. John's Church, that was the most peaceful damn thing I ever saw in my life. <laughs> and we had big fat uh, Bill Barr, or whatever that, William Barr, yeah. out there pre-scouting. You know, he was out there and he was looking at everyone be like, we're going to get him, we're going to get him. All for a presidential photo op. They said, fuck the Constitution <laughs> yeah. because this guy needs to get something for his Insta. I think it has to do with the authoritarian belief that uh, the authoritarian kind of uh, like uh, feeling the vibes that that police officers and Border Patrol agents all have in this country. Uh, for example, if I tell you, Ben, treat me with respect, that means treat me like a human and right. I'll treat you like a human. Right. But when a police officer says treat me with respect, what they mean mm-hmm. is treat me with authority. Right. right. And it's it's that that whole, you know, they're, they're already held personally they hold themselves to a higher standard so a lot of the things they do they see as an extension of their jobs and and again empathy and sympathy uh, is one of those things that i think we need to have more in law enforcement Mm -hmm. but then also in some understanding of law enforcement because they are on the front lines of a larger symptom which is u.s foreign policy so you have these assholes out there who probably are extremely overwhelmed and this is where the U.S. government fails them and still forces civil servants to go do the dirty work. Right. And then you throw in the 1033 program. Exactly. And all these local authorities have the same equipment that the military has. And of course, with the 1033 program, much like why we will never in our lifetime see SpaceX or ULA get less money. Yeah. Because they spend mm-hmm. every damn penny they can get yep. so that they can ask for more the next year. Because God forbid you try to be mildly fiscally responsible. So, all right. Well, just lastly here, this is kind of funny. So remember when Donald Trump was talking about killing Julian Assange? Yeah. (laughs) It's possible that while he was having this meeting, he was listening to memories from cats. From cats? (laughs) Memories. I don't know how the song goes. (laughs) Memories. I don't. I'm sorry. Everyone just I don't remember how that song Memories goes. It's a song from Cats. Okay. Yes. So White House officials have dubbed the music man was tasked with soothing former President Donald (laughs) Trump during rage-filled moments. So they would play for the manliest of all men. Woof. Show tunes. This is from Uh, Stephanie Grissom's book? (laughs) This is from Stephanie Grissom's new book. This guy literally had a court jester. This guy would show up and play tunes for I'm having a bad day. Bring Diet Dr. Pepper, (laughs) Diet Coke, or whatever. And play me that song from Cats. Please, God. Uh, Apparently, obviously, this is completely believable. Donald Trump has a (laughs) terrifying temper. I believe it. And the only thing that would calm him down was Andrew Lloyd Webber's beautiful, beautiful song memories Memories. from Cats. I don't know it either, but I feel it's like that. (laughs) It is that. You're singing the Barbara Streisand song, Uh, The Way We Were. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, yes, perhaps. Also equally soothing. So, Donald, check oh, it out. <laughs> Donnie, let me know if you need me to sing you to sleep. Just <laughs> what a fucking John Waters-like hell that White House must have been. <laughs> you, he's just screaming. Then all of a sudden, someone's like, let's play Cats. Get, right. get the soundtrack to Cats. And there's so many other... God, don't please don't play the soundtrack to Rent. That'll right. send Stephen oh, Miller through the moon. Oh, and then no. a stranger in the back just muting him. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. I mean, the revelations, a.k.a. allegations in this book, yeah. it even goes further that Melania was setting up weird ways to torture and embarrass <laughs> Donnie yeah. be over the Stormy Daniels affair. Yeah, I believe it. She was probably pretty pissed. That Stephanie Grissom actually had to uh, have Trump explain to her that his penis was not small and mushroom-shaped. Oh, I mean, yeah. good grief. <laughs> and then, of course, there's also allegations that he abused his staff, which uh, he that's we saw it. Yeah, on television. It was on TV. Remember, he boasts about it. Do you remember that guy, <laughs> Mick Mulvaney? His name was Jeff Sessions. Oh yes, yeah. And then, well, then Mick Mulvaney too. My God, Trump threw him under the bus as much as he could. Yes, and then of course it also says he made sexual remarks about young White House aides, mm. and uh, he desperately wanted to impress uh, Putin uh, again. Probably uh, none of those things are unbelievable. Uh, I believe all of those things probably happened because, again, in this country of men searching for what being a man is with this failure of masculinity we're currently dealing with being a blowhard bully is not masculine it's a bitch that's what a bitch does and that's what trump was and that is why he could only calm down to the wonderful soundtrack of cats (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone well thank you all so much for listening to this episode and again thank you so much for the great response to our john kiriakou episode and we will be back later this week we're going to talk a little bit more about qualified immunity and uh, a little bit more again about the police state. And then we also have to talk about, I know it's super boring, y'all. We have to talk about the infrastructure bill. We have to talk about the reconciliation bill. Yeah, that's about to be real Um, big. It's about to be really Mm -hmm. big. And something has to happen. Otherwise, the government will shut down. And as we see now, we have people more than ever who are relying on certain payouts and things like that as we are still going through the uh, rigmarole that COVID has given us, so has presented. All right, everyone. Well, hang in there. Hope you're doing well. Hail yourselves. We'll talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice. Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end. But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best. Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here. REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 Brand Spark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.